The grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Well, there, friends, maybe from time to time you wonder, how, how does the pastor come up with a, a sermon? What are, are maybe some of the, the, the things that, that would lead into that? And often it's maybe just some kind of a, an insignificant event that just maybe triggers a thought. And so many of you, you know, my son Scott is very involved in athletics. And, and one of the things that he started doing this year is rock climbing. Because the, the school where he's attending, they, they began a, a, a rock climbing. Uh, well, right now it's a club, but they're hoping it will become a, a team because they're actually rock climbing teams at, at universities uh, around the nation. And, and so not really knowing much about rock climbing clubs or, or, or teams, I, I was watching a documentary about a very famous rock climber. And at the beginning of the, the documentary, he, he's single and he doesn't have a girlfriend. And, you know, but then it's kind of following him through his career for a, a couple of years. And, and then, you know, he, he, he gets a, a girlfriend and... He begins to talk about how many people in this world, you know, speak about things that if his girlfriend tries to take away his dream, that he will have this kind of floating bitterness for the rest of his life. I mean, how, how often, you know, in, in, in movies, in the secular world, do, do we kind of hear these ideas reflected back at us? As if, you know, love must be all about me. And if that other person tries to mess with my dream, if they, they try to, to, you know, do something that would dissuade me from following my path, then I will have this floating bitterness. And it'll be terrible. And so I, I began to think to myself, well, you know, what does the word of God actually have to say on this topic? Because, you know, really, love is so very important to, to all of us, isn't it? What does God Say Well, you know, the most famous verse you're all familiar with, you learned it in confirmation, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now, if, if you're not really deep into the scripture, you might say, oh, well, well love is, is giving gifts, Right? God so loved the world he gave it. And, you know, and Christmas is coming up and, you know, then we talk about Jesus is kind of that, that special gift, right? And, and Christmas is about giving gifts. And, and so we just say, oh, you know, God so loved the world he gave a gift. And maybe if I love somebody, I'll just give them gifts. Now, in fact, doing, doing marriage counseling years ago, you know, I was talking with a a, a young fella, and, and he said, you know, when I first started, you know, dating my girlfriend, I, I gave her gifts because dad said, give her gifts, give her gifts. And, and so I've been giving her gifts, and she has stuff in the closet that she hasn't even unwrapped yet. 
And she says to me at times in frustration, enough of the gifts. Now, where is the action? Well, I'm giving her gifts. It's an action, isn't it? Come on. But no, but the, the frustration that this you know particular woman was talking about is you know that, that she wants her husband to be more like Christ, not just giving gifts, but rather sacrificing himself for the family. For see, really, that is what God calls the man in the relationship to be able to do, doesn't he? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, knowing that Jesus would be sacrificed upon the cross. It wasn't just, oh, I'd like to give gifts and let's give a gift. Is I'm giving my precious son unto death. There's going to be a sacrifice involved. This is going to be a hard thing to do. You see, dear friends, when God in the Bible is talking about love and he's talking about the, the man in the relationship, He's talking about something that, that's a hard and masculine thing. See, the, the husband is called to love in such a way that he would have spikes driven through his hands and his feet for the person that he loves. He's called to love in such a way that, that he would be flogged and, and whipped in order to preserve and protect the one that he loves. He's called to love in such a way that he would be like Christ attempting to carry the cross up the hill and yes, even failing under the load. You see, dear friends, the Bible talks about love for the man in the relationship as a very hard and masculine kind of a love. A love that gives it all. There's a, a Christian song out there, you know, but what if I gave all I had to give? What if I gave it all? A love like that could change the world. What if I gave it all? You see, that's what the Bible is talking about for the man's part in the relationship. To be like Christ. To really knuckle down in a sense. To bear the load. To be able to be the one that provides for the family. To be the one, we see. You know, as the, the Bible begins to, to give, you know, the, the marriage advice, right, we, we have that, that exact expression, don't we? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. 
Right? We have that model of Christ, don't we? That as Jesus the Christ gave himself for the church, so the husband likewise should be able to give himself for his wife. It's a hard and masculine thing. It's a thing that maybe the world doesn't even want to hear today, right? Because again, we go to the movies, we go to, to you know secular uh, sources, and you know, what, what is love life? Oh, you know, we, we have you know, just this kind of party. We're having a party because we're in love and it's a party. Now, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Okay, what what did Christ do? Right, there is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's happy and joyful, right? He's having a party there. No, right, Jesus, our Savior, is shedding tears as he's praying to the Lord God. And he's saying, Lord, if it be possible, take this from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. We see that example in our Lord and Savior that this is going to be a hard ordeal. This is something he does not want to go through. This is something that that is crushing his spirit. This is something he's calling out to God and he's saying, don't let this happen to me. Come on, do it a different way. But nevertheless, if it's your will, I will go through it. You see, that's the kind of love that we're talking about in the marriage relationship. A love that's going to go through that kind of ordeal in order to help the one that it's loved. It's going to shoulder the burden. Now, dear friends, in our everyday life, we're maybe not going to experience anything as intense as Jesus, our Savior, experienced. And, you know, you say, well, well, what's it going to look like? Well, I'm, I'm going to maybe tell you a, a, a real life story of, of maybe what that kind of love you know, it is going to be. Because you know, I've been an older guy now. I've been a, a, around a while, and I've, I've heard life stories. And so yeah, imagine to yourself, you know, here's a, a young man, he, he's in the, the eighth grade, and he's considered to be at, at, at the top of his class. And in his particular church, you know, he's going through, through confirmation, and he stands, you know, before the, the congregation, the end of his eighth grade year, and he's noted as the top confirmation student. And so people in the church, they're, they're impressed with the knowledge that he has of the scripture. His teacher at the school is impressed with you know, how, how bright he is. And this particular young man, he, he's thinking to himself, I want to be a lawyer someday. No, okay, this was a, a, a hundred years ago and you know, maybe lawyers were a lot more respected than, than maybe they are today. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, a, a, a lawyer, ooh. 
But a hundred years ago, you know, still a respected profession. Now he's thinking to himself, you know, the teacher thinks I'm bright and, and people in the church think that, that I'm bright and I'm going to be a lawyer someday. Well, he, he finished the eighth grade. His dad came to him and he said, son, you're the, the youngest son in the family and your, your brothers have all grown and they have farms of their own now and I'm older and I need you to quit going to school and help me with the farm. Okay. Now maybe in your family histories, you, you've had experiences like that as well. You can, you can maybe kind of relate. You know, dad, dad is older and he's losing his strength and, and his sons, you know, all, all have lives of their own and, and families. And so he, he put this on his youngest son. I, I need help. I'm running out of strength. I need you to be here and, and take care of things. And, and so he did. You know, being that, that young man just finishing up the, the eighth grade, he, he dropped out of school and, and he took over the farm. He took care of his mom and his dad. And then as, as he grew in, in years, you know, he found a, a young lady that he was attracted to and, and they got married and, and he began to, to raise children of his own. And, and still, you know, he's taking care of mom and dad and he's managing the, the farm that's been passed down for a couple generations and, and he's taking care of things. And he had some prosperous years, but then right, he, he got hit with a, a plague that took out his cattle. And he didn't have insurance on his cattle at the time. And, and he just lost the whole herd that they had to be put down because they, they got whatever disease it was. And it was a setback. Now, you, you remember, he, he only finished the eighth grade. He never graduated from high school. He had to begin to look around for secular work. You see, in, in his mind... On the top of my class. And it's fine. People in my church think I'm bright. Because to look for work in the local community and eighth grade. Never graduated from high school. What can you do? He took a job working on the railroad and, and he worked that job on the, the railroad for you know like 25 years because he's a, about 40 when he had you know, the problems with his cow and he got to about 65 uh, by the time he was able to retire. That whole time he was working on the railroad, he was in the lowest, most menial of positions. He was never elevated even to like a second level supervisor. He just had to work, you know, this menial job on the railroad and now he's farming at night and he's farming on the weekends and, and he's going through his life, you see. But he's in church on Sunday, right? His kids are going to the Sunday school. His kids are, are getting confirmed. They're being raised in the faith. And then, yeah, when he finally retired from the railroad, you know, he had had some pension, and you know, railroad retirement's pretty good. 
But dear friends, that is what the giving Christian life looks at. See, I have a dream. I, I, I have a goal, but I couldn't achieve it because I needed to honor my mother and my father, because I needed to provide for my wife, because my children needed a roof over their head, because I needed to show God's love. See? It might not be the kind of amazing experience that we were trained to believe we maybe could have when we were little kids. It's all just going to be wonderful and, and, and flowers and lollipops and, and people will give us gifts and, and it's just going to be so much fun. But rather, right, the love that God has called the man in the relationship to give is that kind of a hard and masculine love. It's a love that puts the other people first. It's the love that takes care of my parents. It's the love that puts the roof over the head uh, of my family. It's the love that maybe gets me up in the morning to put on my old work boots and go to a, a job that I never, ever thought I'd want to work and to be treated harshly and, and even to maybe be despised and to be looked at as the, the lowest one there and still I go. That's the love that God is talking about. A love that gave his son to be sacrificed. That's the love that Jesus shows to us. A love that gave himself for the church. And dear friends, really, that's the love that Martin Luther demonstrated as well, wasn't it? As Martin Luther broke away from the Roman Catholic Church as he was struggling to provide a, a, a reformation within that church body, as he was rejected, as, as he had to flee, as he had to hide from authorities, uh, as he had to endure many hardships and trials, he did it all for his love of the people. They, he looked out and, and his heart was just touched and he said, look, people are being taught that if they just give enough money to the church, they can make it into heaven. And, and they're being taught, you know, as the, the coin, you know, makes the, the little sound as it hits the bottom of the, the receiving receptacle that then an angel kind of just kind of springs up into heaven and everything is so wonderful. And Martin Luther said, that's not how it is. I've got to tell the people. 
Right? You're not saved by giving enough money. You're saved because Jesus, the Christ, gave himself for you. Jesus, our Savior, loves so much he went through those terrible ordeals for you. It's all done. It's taken care of. If you but have faith in Christ, you're going to heaven. You're going to be there. There's no work you can do. There's no law that you can keep that will make it so you're good enough, but rather Jesus paid the price. He paid it. Now, maybe my sermon will go a, a little bit longer today because I, I also want to talk about, you know, what is the love that the, the wife should give to her husband. Because we, we did spend some time, right, talking about what the, the husband is supposed to be doing. And so you, you might say, well, that, that, does the wife do the, the exact same thing? But again, going back to the scripture, right, we, we see that wives should respect their husbands. Right? Wives love your husbands, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives respect your husband. Okay, well, what does that entail, right? It is a, it's something a little bit different, isn't it? You know, the, the husband is supposed to be out there. He's supposed to kind of be, you know, spearheading the, the way into the world. He's supposed to be earning the living. He's supposed to be taking care of the family. And then the wife is called to respect her husband. It's interesting that the Bible, you know, that's what it says. It doesn't say, you know, wives, oh, get gifts for your husband. Maybe husbands would like that. Say, yeah. Wife, look at this verse. It says, hey, cool. Isn't that nice? It, it, it doesn't say, oh, wives, spend time with your husband. So time isn't important to some of us. We, we'd like our, our spouses to be able to spend time with us, but no, you know, the, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible, though, does say, respect your husband. You show that respect. If you show respect for the, the things that they say, maybe your husband says stupid things. My wife probably sometimes thinks I say stupid things. Okay, maybe it happens. But again, the Bible comes back and it says, respect your husband. Respect him. Now, there's a, a, a lot I can say on, on these various subjects. You know, I've, I've gone a, a little bit long maybe today. And we, we don't want to, you know, here's Pastor Crosser with his 10-point sermon on love. He's only a point three. I wonder when we'll get out of here. And so we've got plenty of time, you know, in the, the future to be able to talk about these things. But just to, to put it in your mind for today, what should the husband's love be like? Not the love of Christ. The love that gives, the love that sacrifices, the love that gives it all 
The one that can work the hard job. Two hard jobs, three hard jobs through the course of a lifetime to put the roof over the head. That kind of love. And then what does the wife's love look like? Just kind of put it in your mind. No, respect is what the Bible said. To show that respect for the husband. That's the advice that we need to give to this next generation. To our own children, to our nieces and nephews and grandchildren, if we have them, this is the model. This is what God has called us to do, above anything you can find in the secular world. Jesus loved us that much. Let us go and love others. And let us go and respect others. Amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.